Look, El Dorado, the city of gold. This could be our destiny, our fate. Paul, if I believed in fate, I wouldn't be recording this episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Reflux capacitor, Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master gold uh, stealing interrupter powers. I thought you were going to say gold digging. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Francisco, and welcome to episode 250. I'm just so happy that we're celebrating Anna May reviewing this animated movie because Mm -hmm. this is one movie that I have seen only once in theaters when it first came out, and I'm wondering if it held up or not. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that, too. I've never seen it before. But also for this discussion, uh, people that I think have seen it before, uh, first we welcome back... for the Road to Eldorado episode, ship's health inspector, Dale White. Hey, Dale. Sup, man. Sup. Sup. And in addition, we are glad to have back aboard historian officer, Celeste Mora. Hey, Celeste. Hello. Hello, hello. And now they've now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for The Road to Eldorado? All right. Eldorado was released Not in 1966. Not Eldorado. The, the Road? To El Dorado. Uh, yeah, the road. Yeah, the one with John Wayne and... Uh, no. No. Paul, this is the animated DreamWorks 2000, The uh, Road to El Dorado. Is that the serious. one with Bing Crosby and, and Bob Hope? Don't. No, it's a different road. Spur him on, Dale. <laughs> All right, hold on. I watched the wrong one. Okay. The Road to El Dorado. Yes. All right, it was released March 31st in the year 2000, and it runs an hour and 29 minutes, and it's rated PG. It was directed by, oh great, you got me some real fun names here, Bibo or Bebo Burgeon, yeah. Don Paul, and uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was uncredited, but he still wants credit. Uh, it was written by Terry Rosio. Rosio? Ted Elliott, Carrie Kirkpatrick with lead stars, that's voice stars, being uh, Kevin Klein, Kenneth Bragnett, Branagh. I'm sorry, Kenneth. Brana. Kenneth Brana. Brana. All right. Brana. And uh, Rosie Perez. The music was composed by John Powell and Hans Zimmer. Mm. You ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Celeste and Dale, are you guys ready? Let's do it. Awesome. And anyone here live in chat, feel free to join as well. Go for it, Paul. All right. The Road to El Dorado was made for about $95 million and earned only about $65 million in the box office. Yikes. We haven't had a loser in a while. I mean, we one that lost. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in the year 2000, Thank you, how Kobe. high do you think it ranks among ranks in the box office among the movies released theatrically in the year 2000. Oh we'll go for the top 2000. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, let's start with Celeste. What is your, uh, what, uh, in the top 2000, where do you think this ranks for 2000, the year 2000 movies? 2042. <laughs> wow. Wait, no, that doesn't work. No, Nine, you mean 42? Or I was trying to, to go with like 1942, but then I, that works. I said 2000 you can do 1942. Oh. So 1942. <laughs> 1942. We're the one okay. with Columbus. Wow. He's, he sailed the ocean blue during World War II? <laughs> sailed Not, the ocean. Well, well you no, said 1942, 80. didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Just ignore me. <laughs> Drew, how about, not Drew, Dale, how about you? I'll be a little bit, bit more optimistic and say okay. 25. 25, all right. I'm going to guess uh, 99. That's going to be my guess. Then in chat, we have other fun guesses of... 1997 from Star Fox, 1999 from uh, Geek Devotion slash Dallas. Are these all favorite years? Uh, apparently. Uh, oh, wait, 1984 from Dallas, excuse me. Uh, Ashley says 1492, uh, but seriously, 1986. Oh, my God, you can't, guys can't change it. Uh, she Bob was telling says, me when 14. Columbus said. Oh, 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 okay, gotcha. Uh, Bob says 42, of course. And then Neko says 45. Star Fox changes it on me again. That is 67. Uh, and then a six. Okay. Okay. Guys, stop. Okay. Paul, what is it? Just, just give me. All right. According to the numbers.com, the road to El Dorado came in at 61. Oh, okay. So I think 61. Star Fox got that one. I believe so. Yeah. It was, he had 67. Yeah. 67. Yeah. So good job, Star Fox. Awesome. Paul, thank you for those factoids. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Only two men were brave enough to find the lost city of gold. <coughs> now, an army of strangers approaching the city. They're the only ones. We can't stay here. We've got to do something. Who can save it? On March 31st, it's two for the action. Prepare yourselves for battle! And two for the road. The road to El Dorado. Rated PG. Starts Friday, March 31st, everywhere. Yes, March 31st, everywhere. But what do we remember about... It being everywhere or maybe nowhere. Let's find out in our memory mind melt synopsis. Just ignore that segue. Uh, <laughs> Elton John disappointingly sings throughout the tale of a scientist studying randomology and President Dave, who are two thieves who tell them that they can find El Dorado and are surprised when they actually do. But they continue the con as they end up trying to steal all the gold and pose uh, for a meme that has been used <laughs> for when someone wants to do both. Wow. Both? Yes, both. Both. But in the end, they find something of higher value. Um, I mean, I guess some of that was kind of right, but I'd say on the whole it was... <laughs> Deceptive. Definitely deceptive. Uh, but based on those memories, as flawed as they were, what range did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Uh, let's start with our guests. Uh, Celeste, what was your prediction for The Road to El Dorado? 
I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic? Are you sure about that? I am. All right. Uh, Dale, how about you? Also nostalgic. Also nostalgic. Fine. Um, And let's go to our XO Paul. What was your prediction Uh, for El Dorado? Well, when I saw it previously the one time, I enjoyed it. So I predicted classic. All right. That's fair. Uh, For me, I was, I, like I said, I'd never seen this before. I sort of felt like, I mean, it's DreamWorks animation. They did Prince of Egypt, which I really liked. They've done other uh, animated films, Spirit, Sally and the Cimarron, I thought was good. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll give it a chance. I'll say nostalgic. Though I remember seeing the ads for this and having no desire to see it as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, that's quite a chance you're giving it. But, <laughs> but uh, so I, I predicted nostalgic. It'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about the Road to Alderao. Let's spin up our best three, best three things, and uh, our top three things. And let's start with uh, Dale. What was one thing you liked about the road to El Dorado? The camaraderie between the two main characters, mm-hmm. Tulio oh, yeah. and uh, Miguel. Mm-hmm, I loved mm-hmm. the uh, chemistry between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I thought Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh did a good job of making you believe they were two dudes going on an adventure together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the uh, cool thing about it. Absolutely. I had heard that apparently they um, were in the same sound booth together recording instead of oh, separately, nice. which was really cool and probably... Uh, I had like, hoped that was the, the case. Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. I wonder uh, if that's part of why they had such a good chemistry. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, I, don't know about, time- I don't know about Rana, mm-hmm. but, but I know Kevin Klein is... Pretty much a um, improvisationalist. Oh, really? He, he did like okay. a fish like Wanda, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other oh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So this, this that would be in his motif or his um his roundhouse, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. His it what his, his um not Jenny Sequois. I'm not French. I forget what. I, I think I know where you mean, though. That's sort There's of a, his his mo. The, the what he, yeah. he he's known for is improv and doing well in that regard. Yeah. So I think having um, him and uh, and Kenneth Branagh together would make sense. So I also well, well, was reading. See, I, oh, I, I, I love I loved him in Dave. I I just love that movie so much because I've never seen Dave. Well, you have to check it out. Okay, but but. I'm just saying. I'm just using it to say that, and I thought he was the best part of Beauty and the Beast, the the movie that the remake. Mm. To me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Who was he in that? He was her Belle's father. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Of course, Belle's father. I, I knew. That. Yeah. Well, well, the movie's to me was pretty much a mess, but he kind, <laughs> he, he kind of stood out somehow for me. But I'm just trying to use that to say that it's in his motif. It's, it's in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll I, I love say, yeah. that, and he brought that to this project. Mm. Awesome, uh, Celeste. Was the chemistry something <clears throat> between those two actors something that made your like list, or was did something else? Did something else appeal to you about from this movie? It did not make my liked list, but I have a kind of a similar artistic mm. type mm-hmm. uh, light. I really enjoyed the way that they colored things. Oh, like yeah. Everything, 
outside of El Dorado had this kind of gray undertone. Spain was very bright, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the ships and then the entire rest of the island was all dull and not mm-hmm. very vibrant. Mm-hmm. And then when you got to El Dorado, everything got so much brighter. I thought it was mm. a nice uh, transition to the differences in the places. Absolutely. I mean, we will be talking about that later, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really notice that, but I, I did. It, I agree. I enjoyed that. Oh, really? You didn't yeah. notice that, Paul? No. Oh, I'm surprised. Usually you notice things like that, but okay, yeah. cool. What did you notice about this film that you really liked? I really appreciated the two chiefs and how they were uh, opposed as not only stylistically, but their their beliefs, what they stood for. You could tell they they were on opposing sides of different issues, but they didn't go into like a long backstory behind them. You kind of knew where it was, and I I enjoyed. We for some reason the way they handled it, I thought we we knew these characters without going uh, too deep into it, and I thought they mm-hmm. were uh, really well played. Hmm. I think they did a good job of using non-vocal cues for that because, mm-hmm. like, when they when they were cheating at dice, and then they kind of looked at each other, and he said that one sentence, and they're just like. Let's, no, let's no, 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 no. I'm talking about the chiefs. The oh, are the, oh. uh, the that was played by um, Armand Arsante and Edward Armand Almos. Sante. The the big yes. the the big fat peace loving chief, <laughs> and then the the deranged violent uh, priest, or if you know the the two opposing guys. There. Yeah, they yeah. also did a good job with that relationship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> using a lot of words. That's yeah, true. Could, yeah. Yeah. And we don't get a lot thing. of backstories on either of those two no. duos, but I no. think you get enough for, of it that you don't need it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can sort of that. tell that they're at odds and that they're vying for power. And yeah. 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 Absolutely. Or but for yeah, the hearts of their people. Point, I, Celeste, I didn't think about the two main guys are absolutely the same way. Like, yeah. not that they're opposing powers, but, you know, there's. You could tell there's a rich backstory, but you don't need to go into it. You understand right, the characters. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to something else I liked now, or just something I liked. And it's based, uh, going off of the the, the priest, Tekelton, Czechoslovakia, Zekel Khan. Czechol, I always, I can never quite say the T-Z together. It's almost like a chest sound, but not quite, but... Sekel Sekel Khan, uh, the the evil sort of the bad guy in this. Khan? Again, like you said, Amar Desante. <laughs> yes, that Khan. Not that Khan. I really liked his uh, the stone jaguar uh, yeah. at the end. Is you know this like uh, is almost like a, a a prototype for Voltron. It was really, <laughs> it was really, but it was really cool. I I didn't know that that was where this story was going. I could tell like there were some fantastical elements, like those huge koi fish in the river and stuff. So I knew it wasn't completely based on reality, but so I liked that they uh, intertwined this sort of magical uh, jaguar into this, and that was like the the big bad and how they got rid of him by. Game, game them off the cliff and stuff. So that I really in, enjoyed that as a set piece yeah. in this film. Uh, let's go back to Celeste. What's something else you liked about the Rotel Dorado? I really enjoyed the humor. Yes. I thought it was funny. Now, mind you, I, I went into this with an understanding of this was late 90s, early 2000s humor, which is the humor I grew up with. 
Um, nice. Because like I was a young teenager when this came out. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just it was nice to like be back into that because kids movies nowadays have a different feel with their their humor and their jokes. And I, it's one of those that I was like, this is, this is funny. Like this legitimately has me laughing out loud. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm glad it, it had someone laughing out loud. Uh, Dale, what was something you liked? Uh, I also liked the animation. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, like Celeste, I was kind of taken away by some of the animation. Mm-hmm. Not, maybe not everything, but most yeah. of it. You know, yeah, just, yeah. I like, I liked how. When you got the Eldorado's like Wizard of, looking at the Wizard of Oz or everything turned oh, to color oh, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another good uh, analogy to it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, how did I miss that? You're right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just something I observed, you know. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's kind of what I meant by what, what I was saying, but that's yeah. a better way of saying you, it. You come out of this black and white and you walk in there's this all this color, you know. So just, I just yeah. enjoy the way they, that, they animated it. Absolutely. And 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 that and y'all talking about the high priest. Could you mm-hmm. could they make the guy look more evil? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, the way his hair cut, did you notice it looked like two little horns and so oh, oh, I, I noticed that. At times I wonder, is this a is this the Joker in their time? And what what oh, is no. this? Oh yeah. He, he also, just, he just, he, the way oh, he smiled and grinned, it just looked like the Joker. I don't know, just Something uh, about his smile and grin that I didn't sort of pick up on, but uh, thinking back to him, apparently they actually um, outlined each tooth, and you usually <laughs> don't do that in animation. You just have like this like white set at the white band at the top, white band at the bottom. But to make him look more human and thereby more, um, he menacing. looked more menacing uh, by doing that. So I thought that oh, was a nice weird. touch for sure. Um, it definitely is, especially since a lot of people get freaked out by teeth. Mm-hmm. Having the individual ones really? done, yeah. I don't. Uh, uh. As long as they're in the appropriate mouths, but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So, but yeah, it, it that's an interesting effect that they added to him. Mm-hmm. I, I want to spin back though, base going mm-hmm. off your like of the humor, uh, Celeste, and go to mm-hmm. something else I liked. And I actually really enjoyed the Jaws gag when they're out in the middle of the ocean and they. Gross. Yeah, they they have pretty much this very much Jaws esque shark come up right and just it looked exactly like out of the poster. I thought that was a fun thing. Did they did they catch a fish? What was it that the shark ate? I think it was a, a bird. Seagull. A bird. The seagull that oh landed. yeah, oh yeah, the seagull. That's right, that landed on the oar. Yes, I enjoyed so. that too, Francisco. But that actually made one of my bonus dislikes because Ooh. the jaw ate like almost half the oar, and three <laughs> seconds later, the they full oar is back, and they're rowing with it. So yeah. no, well, I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the oar. I think that was this the steerer thing in the back. Yeah, no, not, it was the oar. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, well then, okay, never mind. Because I noticed that too. Uh, it's a, a fun oar. joke. You got to stick and commit. Yeah, Katzenberg. I know you're trying to pay homage to Spielberg, but come on, commit. come on, come on, commit to it. Anyway, uh, that leaves Paul. Uh, yeah. Before we get to our classic makers, what's more, one more? What's one more thing you? liked about this um, film 
Well, like Dale, I'm a, a big fan of 2D animation, and I thought this was a great example of it. And mm-hmm. I especially love the character designs um, mm. of the characters. Uh, it, it's it's hard to come up with a new and interesting way to uh, design humans. Yeah. And um, now, granted, some of the some of the background characters, like it's like it's like all the females look the same, or it's sometimes all the kids look the same. It's like what yeah. is what's going on here? But for yeah. the most part. All the character designs were interesting and really well mm-hmm. thought out and really mm-hmm. creative and really well done, in my opinion. I do awesome. appreciate that the Aztec people, which is what the El Dorado people were based off of. What? They, they yes. look like, like, I know people that look like that. Oh, wow. That have Aztec heritage, like the the, nice. Bruce, cool. the, the large nose, like he yeah. does. That's mm-hmm. a pretty common feature with someone who has Aztec heritage. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> can confirm uh <laughs> i i've been told that uh <clears throat> i have me and my brothers have and i guess thereby my dad have uh some aztec in our lineage but i have no idea how i can't cooperate that or anything i haven't done i'm not giving my giving my dna to 23 and me so i won't know i won't ever really know that regardless I would like to know, and I will find out, your guys' classic makers for The Road to El Dorado. Uh, let's go to Celeste. What did you love most about this film? So my classic maker is one singular moment, and it Ooh. actually has to do with whoever brought up the Jaws thing. Yes, oh, that is me. It's yes. not that, but it's in that, that <laughs> section <laughs> yes. of the movie. Uh, on the boat. the boat. In the ocean. Yes. Uh-huh. They were on the boat. So and... it's not the scream. Darn it. although that was pretty good Uh, they were on the boat and they uh said something about well it could be worse and it starts raining yes that was a young frankenstein reference it was i don't remember that in young frankenstein Mm -hmm. when they're digging up body parts Uh uh-huh um they Frankenstein's complaining, and his assistant goes, "Could be worse." I'm sorry, Could it's Frankenstein, and then it starts raining. Yes, but when then this movie added on top of it by introducing a lot of sharks in the water. After that, yes. if there were sharks in the that graveyard, was... I would have problems. <laughs> <laughs> Young Frankenstein, and it wouldn't probably be one of my favorites. It's a were shark. Oh, that there shark. So okay, I'm that, easy. That the fact that like I legitimately have been laughing about that joke, the fact that they brought up young Frankenstein today. I watched Uh it last night. I have been giggling about it all day internally. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I definitely enjoy when movies will call back to other properties, even if it's for no reason. It's like the people people know that someone will get this and Mm -hmm. that's who it's for. So very, very awesome. Uh, Dale, what was your classic maker though? Was it that young Frankenstein reference or something something else? Well, it's a, it's more of a um, well, majority of your animated movies uh-huh. are usually made for children. Yes, in the mindset of children. Yes, I appre- I have this appreciation of this movie. Seemed like it was something that adults could enjoy mm. more than children it didn't seem like it was made for children in mind it was made for adults mm-hmm. that's one thing i loved about it mm. um i didn't get the it's it felt like a couple of dudes can just go out and enjoy it 
and have a laugh and not ha- not have to bring kids to it. Um, yeah. That's something I enjoyed about it the most. It just you can I can just sit there and just in front of the TV and just watch this film, watch this adventure of two dudes going so on his adventure fun. and it's fun for the whole family. Yeah, it's yeah yeah you, yeah you bring children along with it, but it just it it didn't feel like it was just made for children, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for seven year olds, thirteen year olds. In mind, it's just I I know when you look at classic animation like Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, and all of them that they're all made for adults, but somehow, some way, us kids they became per, our pacifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents sit their kids in front of the TV so they can stay quiet um, for two hours or whatever. So, so we got somehow, somewhere we got more. So children became the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. But I like in this movie watching it, it just felt like to me, it was something that a, a, adults could get more out of more enjoyment than children. I, I, I think I, I think I watched it with my nieces once, and they fell asleep on it. <laughs> and and I, you know, so that's that was my classic maker for the film. Okay, nice. awesome, very cool. Uh, then let's go to Paul. What was your classic maker for Road to El Dorado? Uh, the, my classic maker is actually one of Dale's likes, and that was uh, the. Chemistry between oh. Kevin Klein and Kenneth Brana, Brana, whatever, Tulio and Miguel. I thought yes. it was great, their banter. Um, mm. I thought it was so great. It made me wonder why they didn't create more movies with these two, like, you know, other adventures, the road to this I think and the road you to that. sort of have an answer to that. Oh, yes, the because box this movie thing. failed at the box office. Yes, <laughs> yes. unfortunately. I, I think it, it's a great premise for them to build off of. I. So this is one of those things, the, these two guys together, where they could make some great um, direct-to-home video kind of things, maybe. Or at least mm-hmm. just between these two characters. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Uh, I think, though, it would have to, I mean, really to sell that, for me anyway, it'd have to incorporate my classic maker, which is sort of part and parcel with some of your guys's. Just how beautiful this looks, mm-hmm. like the richness of color it's and the so vibrancy, beautiful. especially in... Uh, El Dorado it was just so so beautiful and breathtaking and all the the design of the the Aztec uh, buildings and pyramids and and just yeah like I said the vibrancy was just really really breathtaking and I I, th- I feel like any of those shots would be great like wall art or uh, mm. or wallpaper on your computer whatnot you see some of it behind me and Paul if you're watching the video but it's just it's really really stunning so well done on the artwork and the art department for the sets i guess are they called sets in animation paul when it's the backgrounds background artists background artists yeah but yeah okay well then we'll go with that we'll go with that then but uh that leaves (sighs) something else i forgot one more thing i forgot about because i can never seem to remember these likes, even though I you know it's in the notes, but heaven forbid I forget these things. And that would be, you know, you know why I'm forgetting. Yeah, stunning and brave. Stunning How and brave, Bob Paul. You're on top of it. 
Each week, hosts Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They, they will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. Yeah, Nate and Chris are great, but what do they have to do with the road to El Dorado? Paul, I mean, really, they're, you know, white Christian men that are totally have an imperialist background. So are you just saying like, they carry around loaded dice like conning <laughs> people? No, like Cortez, they go to conquer oh. uh, these beautiful I, tribal people. And I also you were going to say that uh, that uh, Tulio and Miguel were stunning and brave. Mm, but were they? Were they? I have anyway. it on good. I also have it on good authority that uh, Chell, the the love interest in this, really awakened the adolescence of Chris Cowan. So, I I believe it. <laughs> that's the that's the connection. That is the connection. There you go, Paul. <laughs> done and done. Uh, <laughs> but how about some trivia about the film? That Let's would go be better, especially for Chris's sake. <laughs> Did you all realize that the series of sequels, this sort of speaks to what you're saying, Paul, the series of sequels featuring Miguel, Tulio, Chell, Altivo, and even the Armadillo going after other legends about gold was planned. Similar to like Shrek, you know, had several spinoffs and became, became a franchise. But following the disappointing box office results, they were all those uh, sequels and stuff were canceled. Dang it. Yeah, Paul never, never, Paul will never get his uh, Miguel and Tulio uh, sequel. But I'm curious. My question to all of you is: Is there a character from any DreamWorks animated film that you would love to see a franchise around? So it's a, and if you want to go the CG animated ones, that's fine. But better off if you look go up the DreamWorks film. I do too because I legitimately <laughs> was looking for this on Disney Plus. I didn't realize it wasn't Disney. Oh wow! Womp, well, womp. I will. I will go ahead. Well, yeah, thank you, Paul. I will go ahead with mine while you guys are thinking of that. And is I would it animated or any like live action as it well. Could, no, no, not live action, just 2D? animated. But it could be CG animated or traditionally animated. <clears throat> what were we gonna say, Dale? Two D animation. Yeah, that's fine. Or three D. Either either is fine. For me, though, I would actually. Love, I think it'd be really cool. I mean, it's all the rage guys seeing, uh, you know, the Maleficence and all the evil characters and Cruella de Vils and wherever get their, their, their own movie about how they're, they're just, uh, misunderstood. Well, I would like a, 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 a movie about Seckle, 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 Khan! Uh, his rise to power through the priesthood, like his, like I, and I want him to see pure evil. I want to see how, why we don't root for him in this, and like what's all the the stuff he learns, how he learns about the jaguar uh, statue, all that stuff. I think that'd be really cool. And then uh, to see maybe, and then if that does well, because I know it's going to, we see a sequel where he actually comes back and overthrows uh, the chief. And Eldora becomes this crazy, horrible place, and then it gets conquered by the Spanish. All right. Well, oh I wait, would... Mel Gibson made that movie already. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to see uh, Kung Fu Panda have a bunch of movies and some TV <laughs> series. Oh wait, no wait. 
I was uh, that already say, happened. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon. That <laughs> would be cool to have a series in a, no way they already do. Um, how about uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman? That would be great to have a cartoon series. Oh, wait, they already did. And then uh, Captain Underpants would be great, I think, as a children's book Are you book done series. yet? <laughs> like that or even uh tvs oh wait never mind i'm trying to find something that isn't <laughs> like i have well, two go ahead celeste oh, oh okay go for, go for it, it. she can take so, one of mine then. so i would love to either see a series off of roddy from flushed away Ooh. oh i had nothing or that. oh from home oh i haven't one, seen not... home yeah she flushed away home is about a little alien named O who comes uh-huh. to earth Right. And deals with Earth. Uh-huh. And so I think watching O deal with Earth would be amusing. Now, oh, I know okay, that cool. it, they did, Disney did that with Stitch. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that went. but um, <laughs> I'm sure it went horrible. That was a horrible movie. So, yes. <laughs> Continue, please. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. Stitch. 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 No, I haven't um, seen the movie called Stitch. That's all. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. So, because mm. all of that was on Disney Channel mm. cable, but <laughs> so I just think that those would both provide interesting premises. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Ashley in chat says Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory voice O in the movie Home. Oh, okay, cool. I did not know that. Um, Dale, did any uh, come to you? Well, not not a particular character, but I. Would have liked to seen after the Prince of Egypt and Joseph, which other Bible character they would have done next. Mm-hmm. I, oh yeah, I like. Did they do Joseph? Yes, yeah, it was, it was straight to video. It was straight though. to video. Oh, but yeah. but I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I I was even if it, if it came straight to video, I would have liked to seen yeah. see them continue with that. Yeah. Hanna Barbera did a good job with their greatest stories ever told. And yes, I used to love I, those. I would have loved to see what DreamWorks would have done with those movies. Yeah, if, would, if they were continued with it. I, I, I mean, we might get more into this uh, next episode when we cover the Prince of Egypt. But part of me feels like I think it'd be amazing if Dream, the team that did Prince of Egypt would just tell like animate all the major Bible stories just like that. Like come up with, and I know it can't be perfectly to the text to make for a movie but yeah um, i'd like to see the book of revelation done by them yes that would be fantastic <laughs> judges would be interesting judges yes. yeah tense bikes through people's heads yes absolutely an r-rated r-rated dreamworks movie tr- animated oh, movie let's man. go i mean you wouldn't have to show anything other than the tense bike well we'll talk about things that aren't uh, talked about or aren't shown on screen here in a bit. But first, let's get to the things you guys remember from uh, from this, because I'm sure Paul is very grateful for my trivia and thought I did a good job. Yes, but... great trivia, Francisco. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Let's <laughs> let's find out what memories you or Awesome Rewinders had about the road to El Dorado. Awesome. Drake Tungsten says, not at all. Thank you, Drake. Thank and you Mrs. Lomax says, not even sure which one this is, by the way, or to be honest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe there's a reason that this DreamWorks film has been forgotten to history. Uh, and let's talk about those possible reasons in our dislike section. Was three. 
All right. I'm going to start with this. Um, be gentle. Be gentle. I know this is this is a bit ridiculous for a kids movie to expect this level of detail, but nonsense. This how is, fun is for it the whole family that Miguel and Tulio and the people in Dorado all understand each other perfectly? I mean, I would. They can explain it away. There could be like, I mean, this is obviously there's some magical elements to this. Have some like, oh, how do we understand each other? Oh, this the dome allows us to interact with other peoples. I don't know the 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 veil around us. I just something something to make it plausible. But that's just like, oh, well, yeah, we're talking to each other. That's right. They could have and, signaled a lot and, more hand gestures or whatever. On that same topic. If we're going to have, pick an accent, please. I know Kenneth Branagh is British, but choose, then make Kevin Klein do British. I mean, so let's make it all Spanish accents, all American accents. Don't mix and match on me, please. Speaking of accents, I thought it was hard to tell sometimes between uh, Kenneth Julio Branagh and, and yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes, they sound I mean, very it's a good similar. Thing one was blonde and the other was a brunette, but even their voices <laughs> was, was sometimes hard, sometimes yes. not. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so that that was my first my first salvo of dislikes. Let's go Are to. You, do you need to wipe your chin? You're salivating. What, Paul? Let's go to Dale next. What's something you didn't like about uh, the road to El Dorado? I I love the comedy, but I didn't like the. Uh, we're playing this ball game. Yeah, I thought that might have been a good time for some comedy, but instead we get this kid comedy, where the armadillo becomes the ball. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought that was just, I didn't really. That get was used that. by Disney and Warner Brothers way back when. I it was, was disappointed that the ball was a ball and not a head. Ew. That would have been more true to life. Would have been more yeah. accurate. Yeah. Well, I, I just I just thought for something that was my classic maker, that kind of brought it down for me. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So that was what would be one of my deals. Yeah. I could totally see the, the, comedy just it kind of brought sometimes it down for me yeah yeah and especially since some of it i think you're you're one of the people that spoke to the the funny elements of this uh, dale yeah um so i could see how when it when it landed it landed but when it didn't it sort of floundered uh just going back to my point just real quick uh star fox in chat says antonio banderas and salma hayek could have been good voices I agree with certainly Salma Hayek. I think I would have preferred her to Rosie uh, Perez. Rosie yeah. Perez. Not that she did. Rosie Perez did a bad I job. She but, did a great job. But apparently they asked Antonio Banderas to voice one of either Miguel or, or Tulio, but he didn't want to do it for some reason. Oh, so, that's too bad. Come but, on, and Antonio. That, what are you that, doing? Playing and, it, uh, with Madonna and Evita or something? Come on. <laughs> I mean, really, that would have been perfect because he is a Spaniard. So Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Missed opportunity, I guess, but I mean, maybe it's bare off because this obviously flopped at the box office. Regardless, let's go to uh, Paul next. What's something you? Because I haven't talked enough. Yeah, talk more, Paul. I mentioned that I love the 2D animation, but unfortunately, um, they they introduced 3D animation, which I think they did a really good job of, Mm -hmm. like, they used it in the crowds of people, and I couldn't really tell, so they did a really Mm -hmm. good job of blending that, Mm -hmm. but when it came to the, um, like, the boats, and, like, especially Mm. in the barrels, and even the nets, and Mm. just, 
with the 2D animation on top of that, I don't think it really worked well uh. having them both together. I mean, the way they did it in Tarzan, I know some people don't like, <laughs> but uh, the 3D elements combined, I think it worked a lot better than the way it did here. I just yeah. rather they took the time and animated or even traced over the 3D elements and make it look animated rather yeah. than having two different styles on top of each other. It I just could see that. Me out. Yeah. I could see that. Did you, was- did you like the Jaguar, though, Paul? Yeah, I that was the Jaguar okay. I thought was fine. But yeah. Maybe because of the lighting, it was darkly lit. Maybe that helped. And, and maybe because it had like dark lines around the stones or something. I oh, don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, go ahead. Celeste, it sounded like you were going to say something real quick. Oh, just that that was my next dislike. Oh, yeah. well, go for it. Unpack the, it. The, the 3D, Unpack. like I understand it was a product of the time, but the 3D animation just didn't work with right. what they were doing. Agreed. It was It was too obvious. It wasn't mm. blended in enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I'm trying to think, I mean, you mentioned Tarzan, Paul. I wonder yes, what other in the 90s. It was before film, this. Yeah, what other films around this time that were blending that, that maybe All of them did were. it better? No, yeah. but that did it better. Or they that, still do it today. I, I They've been doing it for over 20 years now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know if, if they did the same thing, but I think, I, Treasure Planet came to mind. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think they did I, do it, some. Well, what I mean is I don't know if it came in the same time. I have it to look was around it up. that time. I'm sorry. I always th- yeah, people like, say Treasure Planet, and I think Titan A.E. because I haven't seen Treasure Planet, had, but I have seen Titan like A.E. Treasure Planet, and you had Atlantis. Treasure Whoa. Planet oh, came yeah. out two years after this one. Oh, so okay. I think Atlantis came out the year after. Disney tried to do these dramatic cartoons, if you will. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they some liked them, some did. So I don't know. But as far as the what y'all are talking about, Treasure Planet seems to come to mind. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the 3D and the 2D coming together and all that. So, yeah. I thought uh, I'd bring okay. that up. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's interesting that it just doesn't seem to fit very well. But anyway, let's go back to Paul with something else you didn't like. All right. This movie's called The Road to El Dorado. And it's not really a road, it's more like a bunch of water until you get to the land. And then that. Once you get to the land, it's like a really? five-minute montage that's over by a song of this road to El Dorado. Most of the movie takes place in El Dorado, so I don't know why. I guess they had to distinguish themselves from the other 200 IMDb listings of Dorado. <laughs> um, but speaking of the, the songs and the montage there, I, the for, for me personally, the songs in this entire film did not work. I don't think it yeah. made the movie better at all. I think it would have been better without it, each and every one of them. And so, I'll stop looking at my list. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let Celeste take it from there. Uh, I, did, I didn't know we were playing categories already. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But Celeste, that was also your next dislike? It was because it just felt forced. Like, yeah. I love a good musical. And, right. you know, and anybody who who knows me knows that. So I don't have a problem with music being in the movie. Same. It was just, it felt like it didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Just Which like in really, Lion King. It just didn't fit. It was really weird because you have Tim Rice, the lyricist, who's an Academy Award winner. You have mm-hmm. Elton John, another Academy Award winner. And, and Hans Zimmer, Gruber? who's another oh. Academy <laughs> Award winner. All... All together on this, like they had for Lion King, yeah. and it turns out that you can't hit a home run every time. I guess. And yeah. I love Hans Zimmer's music. Like I mm. listen mm-hmm. to the Pirates of the Caribbean score mm-hmm. when I'm studying things because nice. I find it so 
comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just wasn't working for me. Like the songs are good, but they weren't working in the movie. Yeah. It it takes you out of the movie rather than in the movie, at least yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it wasn't something that really, um, the songs didn't really make my dislike list, uh, but I totally see what you guys are saying. I didn't really care for them. None of them were like, oh, this is totally going to be like Billboard Top 40 or something. Uh, something else that I, I didn't like, though, uh, was, and this is just another like, throw, let's throw logic all out the door. Apparently, that's my biggest gripe with this movie. In the beginning, when uh, Tulio and Miguel are uh, running away from the people they cheated and then the soldiers, they jump down into these barrels of water. Okay, you're going to break all your bones doing that because you're going to go through the water and hit the bottom floor. It's not like this deep lake that you're jumping into. And even if they did, let's say they survived that. They're... I don't see them there. I don't see a bunch of water splashing out of that. So they're going to drown in the water that's in those barrels. So you're, you're wrong in all these fronts is what I'm trying to say. So unless you're Molly Brown, who's Molly Brown, she's unsinkable in a barrel. She went over Niagara Falls in a barrel. She didn't jump into the barrel from 20 feet and then go into Niagara Falls. Did she? You don't know. Why don't you go take this time machine and go find out? Well, you also. Taking into a, not taking into account, it wasn't water, it was pickle juice. How? Ew. Wait, how'd you know that? Because they said, anybody want a pickle? Yeah. When they opened. Oh. The- See, that oh. made it more. So you know, it's like you're resting in a cushion buoyancy. Of vinegar. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go with that maybe. But it pickled uh, your experience, huh, Francisco? It did. And I, I, I'm i only, only starting to come around on pickles. So it's a little too soon to just throw pickles at me. Uh, yeah. But Left a sour I can't, taste I can't think mouth, of a segue huh? from pickles to anything else. But uh, Dale, what's one more thing you just like before I get to our tragic makers? Oh, boy. Let's see. Do you believe that the uh, high priest and the uh, king knew that the two guys weren't god at all i think no. the king did the king yeah well and I, the, the, I mean the priest found out but yeah because think. of the blood but the king knew well see the the princess is hanging out with him all the time and yeah. you want you wonder at some point when does it make sense that you're being conned i mean i don't i don't know just there's something when, strange when you don't have enough faith well i don't know it's just <laughs> you uh these two guys just show up out of the blue you know and yeah but they're white so yeah, they gotta well, be gods. Well, it white light, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it just it something about that didn't jail with me. It just mm. these guys show up. Yeah, the maybe the townspeople get it because the volcano's going out when they're having their little banter over there. Mm-hmm. Right. But then but then, and then but they the won prince, the game. But, but the princess is always hanging out with them. Yeah, because that's her punishment. Wait, maybe. she's a princess? No. I, I didn't know. I, I I took her as a princess. I didn't know if she was or not. Uh, I, I thought she was just a commoner. <laughs> all, all, all all main female leads in animated movies are princesses. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay, whatever, Paul. So there there was a section where when um, Miguel and the king were talking, mm-hmm. and he kind of on the boat, right? Yeah, on the boat. He yeah. kind of gives the. I call it the dad look of the, I know what you're doing, oh. but 
but I'm going to let you do it. Exactly. Yeah. And Maybe. so I, I, took, lost on me. <laughs> I took that to mean that he knew what was going on, but because he le- because Miguel le- legitimately cared about the people, he was okay mm-hmm. with it. If I know in, I'm in an animated movie and you're the hero, so I'm going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, wow! I'm just trying to understand. Maybe I'm just trying to understand the um, logistic of the, t- of the king and the high priest. If they knew or didn't know, or and when did they know? When they knew it, because it is there was something. There was something weird about that whole thing for me while, mm-hmm. while watching this movie, and just mm-hmm. something that just didn't gel with me. So okay, that was is, more it, the, is it almost like if the king did know? It seems like he would have been able to maintain his own power and he didn't seem super interested in that just he cared seemingly and he wouldn't let all their 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 gold that they were saving up to throw down to the the water go yeah that's true well that's that's another that's another thing that the um at some point they come to him said that you got to make a boat Mm -hmm. and you got to do it and they agree upon three days you think you think at some point you that would register or something so i don't know well, they There's came this... in by physically by horse i don't know i would leave it and, and now, See, now they're maybe now i'm they're... just naive i don't know i just I, that's when i was wondering do you think that he already knew these guys were jokers and, and if so why he why would he let some these guys do their doing where they're doing i don't he's think he knew on. because i'm naive so i don't have to understand i don't have to answer the why <laughs> oh. That that'd be my other negative, if you will. Okay. Totally fair. Well, you may I not have to answer that. the why, Paul, but you do have to answer with your tragic maker for the Rotel Dorado. Dun. <laughs> exactly. This movie for me did not have a satisfying ending. I mean, at the end, they're like going back to the boat or whatever, and they're like, hey, let's follow the trail. Oh, to where? To a rowboat? You can't get to Spain on a rowboat. And if you tried, yeah. you'd probably die in the water like you, you know what I mean? But it, it wasn't a satisfying enough ending for me to want to see it again, you and, know, or want to see more. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I guess they didn't do what I'm about to say because they were thinking they'd be making sequels. But it seemed like they totally, like, they established... Like you didn't when they were throwing the gold into the the swirling vortex, you didn't know where that was going. But then they established when everyone goes in that vortex, it ends up out in front where, where no one knows where the entrance was. So I thought they were going to see they were going to look around when they're hiding from Cortez and everyone that they're going to look all around and see all this gold that they can just take and like I, they could take they could try to take back to the the boat or whatever oh, might be I there. See. So I'm like, I'm like, why aren't you doing this? But then I learned, oh, they're trying to do sequels. But still, I was like, oh. But even then. The only one who knew that was the priest because he went down. Yeah. Nobody else. But so did they. Yeah, they did. They did too. They went down Shababa? Yeah. When they were getting away from the Jaguar, I thought. Mm Mm-mm. The the Jaguar went went down. They went through the, the, they went through the tunnel. Oh no, that's right. Okay, but still, yeah, we do find out that the pre where the priest goes because he think, goes out. To I there. think the priest got lucky not to die between all those rocks. I think everyone else they sacrificed probably died. Otherwise, they just walked back in the village. Like, <laughs> hey, that's a fun ride. Let's do it again. Didn't go to the spirit world. Let's try one more time. Okay, yeah. well, I still think they were in a different spot from where he. 
I, I just feel like they could have found gold there. Like there, of I, all of the gold they toss in, some of it would have ended up. There, I think but. Emperor Cusco should go in and oh, set up his water slide theme gosh. park right there. <laughs> That's in a different part of South America, Paul. Well, he's looking to expand his empire. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Okay, let's expand uh, from Paul's Tragic Maker to Celeste's Tragic Maker. What what did you hate most about this film, Celeste? So there is a scene where they are singing. Oh, yes. More with the songs. More with (laughs) the songs. You mean the the two main guy uh, about being a god? Is is that the one where it gets all trippy and it almost looks like a Beatles music video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's weird. That, yeah. that scene, I'm like, this does not fit. I thought like, that was one of the better songs. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, one of the better songs. But the the scenery that yeah. went with the song, yeah, it mm-hmm. just was not not gelling. It got weird. It got all. I don't know. Like it looked like something out of the seventies, which yeah, it didn't match. It. The tone did not match the rest yeah. of the film. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's not so much that of what it was, but it's the fact it didn't fit. It felt like somebody was like, "Hey, let's throw in something psychedelic," and you're like, "What? Why? Who? Who was doing drugs?" <laughs> Dude, you got to try it. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah, I I can totally agree with you there, uh, Celeste. It didn't. That wasn't my tragic maker by any means but yeah that, it seemed like there were things in this film that just didn't didn't seem to fit is that that's uh, because it's tough to be a god that's yeah, the name of the song yeah, yeah. okay ha ha, ha 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 it's tough to make a good joke sorry folks dale why don't we go to you next what was the toughest thing about this film for you to swallow you're a tragic maker if you will one of y'all's dislikes yeah. became my classic Tra- tragic maker yeah oh like one of our likes became our tragic maker or, or no a just, dislike became just okay. like boosted gotcha. up the tragic <laughs> i i love me some elton john man oh I, yeah mm-hmm. i look you can name i i've listened many of the songs and i love many of them i love what he his work in the lion king mm-hmm. i thought that was classic yeah but this Oh, no. <laughs> and listening to y'all, I'm glad I ain't going to get shot out of the crap shoot. Nope, you're not. Because um, remember when you first saw Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat mm. and that theme starts playing? Yeah. And the dude in you is like, yeah, we're going yes. to kick butt or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and then the first scene plays out and it's like, oh. such a disappointment yeah well that's how i felt when i saw this when that music starts playing and that dreamworks icon comes up i'm like yeah we're gonna get into this we're gonna have a good time and then it's like that's how i and and throughout the movie like i said i enjoy most of the movie but when but when he starts singing that's when i was like yeah so you're saying and i felt i felt like they were served as bumper music yeah mm, bumpers yeah. to from, from scene the scene yeah yeah and mm-hmm. and it, when i used to watch sorry i'm about to take y'all back for a little bit all right, right. When, on a time when, you, when you when you watch sesame street Dun, they said that uh those cartoons or whatever the in-betweens yeah, were, yeah. Commercial, were commercials yeah that's what i felt like the, the songs were mm. uh, or when you would watch baywatch and the and the uh 
songs would come on and I felt like I was watching Baywatch again sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, it just like y'all, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and like Paul, I, I thought the uh, two dudes with the, their song was a little bit better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's, you know, but now I say that, but then I got the CD at the house. I enjoyed the music. Oh, I enjoyed yeah. the songs. There, there's fan pages about this soundtrack. Really? I, I, really? I, I, like, I'll get, I'll, I used to jam on it when, when it first came out. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but, but you, can, but for some reason you incorporated it in the film. I was like, there's a what guy. Is this? Okay. So, so I was about to ask. Yeah. I was about to ask, was it like just the songs weren't up to a good quality? But it sounds well, like that's not the case. They just didn't well, seem to fit well, or they were stuffed into this film. Um, see, one of the songs, forget the name of it, but one El Dorado of songs, track three. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can't remember. It had love in the title, I think, but it was like, okay. um, it had, well, you can, in, on the CD, you can hear like Don Henley or Allison Krauss in the background. Yeah, with, without question with Don Henley. And, and, uh, I didn't hear them in the background, which I didn't expect to, but I don't know. I, like I said, I enjoyed it on the CD more than I did in this movie. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, interesting. And even in the CD, some of the songs you could tell that um, there's an offness to it, like they just did in the studio or something. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, just the quality is kind of off for me. But even, but still, I enjoyed it better than in the movie. But again, that's my tragic maker for this film. Yeah. Film. So totally. are you saying that Elton John should have said goodbye to this yellow brick road? <laughs> Perhaps. Is that an Elton John song? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't well, know. I know Rocket Man well, and Piano we'll Man. See, That's about it. We'll see, Piano this, Man's Billy Joel. I know Rocket Man. <laughs> at this at this time, it seemed like every every project he did, whether musically or in the movies, he was going to retire. Yeah, they always mm. mysteriously came back to do something. And I, I think know, it was it, money. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that might be. You, uh, so let's see. The thing for me, though, that didn't fit the most would happen to was actually, and this sort of flies in the face of one of your likes, uh, Dale. Uh, You're talking about how you felt like this was made, this wasn't made so much for kids. It was made more for uh, teens and adults, I think is how you, how you said it. And I guess in, in, in some aspects in the humor, I, I would agree with you. That's, and that was a nice thing. But for me, the, the part that just diminished it for me was uh, Chell and Tulio's off-camera makeout session. That, coupled with uh, the character design of Ch- of Chell, I just felt like caused this degree of um, over-sexualization that wasn't needed in a film like this. I, I didn't see the purpose of it. Uh, I mean, I guess have one or the other, but it Not just... Not both. Both? It felt... Both, both is good. Uh, yeah, Okay. <laughs> It to me, it just felt like this doesn't seem to fit the time. I mean, I guess similar to the the whole psychedelic part, it just did yeah, not seem to didn't... fit the the tone of this. I think you could have done fine with just them having like small kisses or or just like I don't know. I even the back scratching part was a bit too like a bit too. I, I felt like that was that was just uh, wait. Uh, were you the one that said that that you had a problem with? Nala and the Lion King having that that <laughs> lusty look. 
I don't think I had a problem with it, but maybe I forget. I, it's been a while <laughs> since we did that episode. Um, but yeah, just something about that and the Elton John music mixed together. No, uh, just I think for a movie that I, I think that your main audience for a movie like this is kids, whether or not you That's like why that. They shoehorned music into it. Exactly. Songs. I, I feel like if you're going to make a, a, a grown-up animated film, awesome. Anime does it all the time. I'm not against, like, animation with adult themes. But then don't try to just, like, shotgun make, you know, hit everyone, ever, like, kids and adults uh, similarly. Like, have a focus and then try to build off that. And I felt like they were trying to hit too many, hit too many uh, demographics with mm-hmm. this. So... That was my tragic maker for the road to El Dorado. But now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, you have a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. Good. We now have salvo authority. Yes, we do. Wait, no, we don't. Dang it. (laughs) Salvo (laughs) at the ready. Ah. You admit it. <laughs> no, I don't. It's a mistake, a slip up, you might say. Mm-hmm. But our final reigns are not a slip up, but maybe this movie slipped it up big. We'll see. It's time for the moment of truth. Uh, do we rate The Road to El Dorado a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth watching again if you saw it as a kid uh, and enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely rel- relive those past memories. But if you've never seen it before, just sidestep this or do we rate it a tragic it's not worth anyone's time today if you've never seen it before keep it that way and if you haven't seen it and if if you have seen it before don't sully those memories with a rewatch so let's start with our guests uh let's start with celeste what was your final reign for the rotel dorado you predicted nostalgic what did it end up being i'm gonna stick with nostalgic even though it has become such a part of pop culture with mm-hmm. the memes and the gifts that come off of it. Which are great. Which are great and very applicable. I use the both one often. Um, you and but, me both. both exactly. Both, both, both. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I don't think that it's one of those that I would show anybody who hasn't seen it unless they mm. really want to watch it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, totally it's fair. not terrible. Right. I probably will rewatch it at some point, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go, oh, my gosh, somebody has to watch this. Very fair. And Dale, how about you? You also predicted nostalgic. What was your final reign? I stick to my st- nostalgic. I, despite the negatives, I still feel, feel it's an enjoyable movie. I, I, the uh, camaraderie between the um, two main characters, Tulios and... Miguel are the heroes of the film to me. Mm-hmm. It just Kevin Klein and Rana help that along. So right. that's so nostalgic. Okay, very very fair. Brana, uh, Paul, that's how it's like bra b r a a b r a is pronounced bra and na n a h is pronounced na, so it's brana. Okay, there we go. Sorry, no I'm there with you now. No. All and right. Paul, um, now that you've clued us in into now that you've been clued into Brana, how about you clue us into your final reign? You predicted classic, but what did it end up being? Um, this went down 
for me unlike celeste i probably will not watch this again uh mm-hmm. just because i i i really enjoyed the humor in it but and like i said the camaraderie but i probably and i was disappointed that it didn't hold up for me but mm-hmm. so um, tragic. that being said you don't have to say anything else I, i'll put down tragic for you That's i fine. didn't say that because didn't say there what? are people that do what enjoy did you say? it. And for those people that enjoy it i would say yeah i think it's a great it's a great testament for a 2D animation that's yeah that's true those parts that are not slam pasted onto 3D animation but <laughs> <laughs> um and like i said the the camaraderie between the two main characters based on that i'm going to give it a nostalgic although i would personally wouldn't watch it again all right well that's fair well you know what i don't want like you to have you- a draw sir like you (laughs) (laughs) what what do you mean how do you know what i'm going to rate it there's no way you could know um but actually like paul i had predicted nostalgic but mine went down i was i was just not very interested in this film i there wasn't enough going for it for me to make it worth watching uh so and and this is my first time so it had like the 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 i guess the best going for it because i didn't really remember much about it what it was really about so yeah no expectations um, to live up to yeah no expectations and it just did not deliver so uh, that was my range of tragic but according to the retro rewind podcast we rate the road to el dorado a disputed nostalgic film we'd recommend if you've seen it before check it out again but if you never have then it's not worth your time unless you agree with all Francisco's reigns. Then it's never worth your time. But easy there. This isn't Disney. Neither here nor there. What is there, though, is back to base. So let's get back there. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 2000, the year 2000, to begin with, if it weren't for our, our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Count, Geek Devotion. Oh, you're right here! Woohoo! The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenberry, Pastor Deucin, Kennethan, Redeemed Otaku, That's Our Baba, Josh Adams, Dee Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Jays, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Rosie, in addition to seven other awesome patrons as well. 20XX! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't do 20XX. <laughs> you didn't set it up. So ah! that, but I had to throw it in there somewhere. Yeah. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming so we can return to 20XX. Uh, And if you want to help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking people, we also want to give a big, I was about to say golden hug, I guess would be the best way to say an Eldorado hug, (laughs) which means the golden. Uh, a hug to Dale White and Celeste Moore for supporting us with their reviews and thoughts on the movie The Road to El Dorado. Mm-hmm. So I like to start alphabetically. So uh, let's start with Dale. Sorry, no ladies going first here. Dale, Doesn't where can people C find you? Come before D? Huh? Doesn't C come before D? Dang it. You're absolutely right. I don't, I was for some reason. 
I was thinking more of the last name. Sorry. Oh, but usually you go with first name, so. Yes. <laughs> but my I, first name still, or my last name is still before uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I was, th- I was thinking, oh, there's, hey, anyway, more comes after Dale for some reason. I, I guess know. Lesty comes after Dale, but anyway. All right, you know what? Fine, Dale. we'll do it your way. Let's go ladies first. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to. Where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on that people should know about? They can find me online at the Geek Devotions Network because we have so much that offshoots from Geek Devotions, such as uh, uh, YouTube, Twitch, podcasts, so many podcasts. We actually have a new podcast that is starting next week, um, which you can find on the We Read, allegedly, feed it's uh-huh. on its own feed and we review books what's is amazing about geek devotions it? is that oh. they have a new podcast starting every week so <laughs> no matter when you listen to this there will be a new podcast <laughs> to listen to yes. exactly no, we're yes. stopping it at the three uh-huh sure three. okay sure sure that we yeah. run not not that we're in but that we run. oh understood yeah ah, it's, gotcha gotcha all right, and Dale, where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? I don't have anything cool going on, but you can find me usually hanging out on Devoted Geek Life on Facebook or mm-hmm. hanging with y'all when Francisco streams. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. Always fun having you part of the streams. Dale, and thank you so much, Dale and Celeste and Paul and all you Rewinders, new or old, for being a part of this awesome journey. And thank you. You can find me, pauljpowers.com online, where I have all my my social media links. You can go to pauljpowers.com. Yeah, pauljpowers.com. Oh, dot com. Okay. And yes. you can find me, Francisco, on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there for a convo- conversation and also to share your memories of the, these films during our feedback section. Uh, join at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. Cue Nathan. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. As Nathan just said, we are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. You can find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery. Yeah, that's right. All the shows at culturebox.media. <laughs> There's that no other shows. Yeah. We are on final approach to base. Hopefully all our gold from El Dorado is there waiting for us. I hope so, too. Thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for The Prince of Egypt, our next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Tulio, did you ever imagine it would end like this? The horse is a surprise. (laughs) You know what else has horses? 
Firefly. Ship like this, you're with you to the day you die. I thought it was retro. Because it's a death trap. The part of rewind. Pretty cunning, don't you think? They were robbed of time, young indeed, made them poor, burnt out on dullness, what was it all for? With Firefly now, what reviews will they find? The hero of time, retro of rewind. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let's can't hold it in. Thank you, Celeste. <laughs> Let it fly. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Time for another uh, uh, sort of a hard burn into Firefly, uh, where we're reviewing, we're reviewing every episode of the TV series leading up to our Christmas episode this year of the movie Serenity. Uh, Paul, will you tell us which episode of this show we covered this time? Absolutely. This time we reviewed episode uh, five, five, which yeah. is entitled Safe and was first broadcasted November 8th in the year 2002. Ooh. And 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think this so, came out in 2000. Can you try to give a plot synopsis in one sentence, Captain? I will do my best. Simon and River, the two fugitives that are hanging out on Serenity, uh, get uh, snatched, kidnapped by uh, these hill people, and they accuse River of being a witch, but the rest of the Serenity crew swoop in at the last minute to save them. I love my captain. That's good. I, I'm i glad you love your captain, Kaylee. Uh, but uh, let's go around real quick and say if we... So actually, I'm curious for Celeste and Dale... Have you both seen Firefly before, or is this your first experience with this property? Let's start oh, with no. Celeste. I love this property. Awesome. And Dale? This is my first time, man. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Did you watch any of the other episodes, or this was your first episode? It was just this one. Oh, okay. no. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, that'll be an interesting to hear your take on it then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, me and Paul have, of course, seen this before, and we're going through. Well, Paul, you haven't seen all of it. Is this one of the episodes that you had not seen before? No clue. It's been so long. <laughs> I don't oh, okay. remember it. So. All right. Well, let's go around real quick and just say that our favorite thing, our classic maker for this episode. And let's start with uh, Dale. Since you're, this was fresh to you, what did you like about this? I like the... Um, that was different. It's different than, like, watching Star Trek. Mm. Oh, okay. It, Definitely. It I, for for someone who had I haven't yet figured out what's going on. It, it's kind of different. So it mm -hmm. yes. So instead of people looking like they're actually from the year they are, it's I feel like I'm watching Little House on a Prairie on a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. it's I don't know. It, it, so that's kind of new to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Very cool. Okay. So it's just a different it, it was I, sort of I, surprising I, 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 in it. I'm wondering why Star Lord looks like Charles Engels. So it's just <laughs> <laughs> That's Star a great Lord. Who parallel. Is Star Lord. You know, Peter Quill Peter Quill. My guess he, is he's comparing Mal to yeah. Oh to the Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Oh Mal. Okay. Okay. To Star Lord. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I was I was not. I mean, yes, I've seen Guardians of the Universe. Totally. I've seen that. Guardians though. of the Galaxy. 
Maybe you're yeah, not. The, you Defenders watched Endgame and you haven't seen Guardians? No, I, I've seen them. I'm trying All to right. be ridiculous, Paul. Jeez. Oh, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, how about where are you in terms of what you liked most about this episode? This My favorite thing about this episode was the river dance. You get it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. River dancing, oh, that scene where gosh. she was just enjoying herself and letting her go. I thought it was yes. a fun little moment. Yeah, especially since it was like this one moment where she's she's going through. So for people like Dale that maybe not, haven't seen this, the character of River was experimented on by the the alliance, sort of the big bad government agency. They took her and did all these weird experiments and messed with her brain. So she she has this really she just has horrible uh, mental state. But it is awesome getting to see her. Yeah, like you said, Paul, just be free in the music and just be more of herself. Yeah. So that that was very cool. Uh, let's go to Celeste with something you really liked about this episode. I, <laughs> I also really liked the, the dancing scene because River seemed very free in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just she, in the entirety of the series, she is very bogged down, very, <sighs> because of the result of the experiments they did on her, mm-hmm. she, is almost always in a state of panic. Yeah. And to see her not be panicking and actually be enjoying something was sweet because you remember she's actually a little girl. Right. Like she went to this school as a child Mm -hmm. and never had a chance to mature without all this other thing, these other things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I never really thought about how she does go there pretty young. I think as like just just a teenager, maybe something oh, like that. Was that Zac Efron playing the young? Uh, yes, it was. I, and <laughs> yeah, that that goes right into the thing I liked, Paul. And I I really enjoyed that you get to see River and Simon as kids and their yes. interactions with their parents. It's a young and Zac I, Efron, yeah, and with young Zac Efron playing young Simon, yes. But I especially love the juxtaposition of as you see them, like his dad and mom seem like they care about their kids. Mainly, I think it's interesting. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to get on a tangent here. But for those that maybe aren't aware, Firefly Universe, the creators have talked about how essentially the alliance is if the United States and China uh, merged, like had a war and became one. Not at all similar to current geopolitical climate at all. Um Anyway, so that's sort of why there's Asian influence and Western influence in all the costuming and the, why they speak Chinese sometimes, all that. But uh, it's interesting how I know there was like China had a one child policy and they made a lot of them favored males. And mm-hmm. it seemed to be consistent here where they're they're like caring a lot about Simon, but they don't really seem to give much much care about River. And so... As you see that, it's interesting because then you see how uh, Mal cares about them, not because they're necessarily his kids or anything, but just because they're they're part of the crew. They're they're that family, and so I love that um, that he comes back for them and saves them, even and they can be safe on Serenity as opposed to they couldn't really be safe with their family because their family just cared about their how they look to the government and their their influence in in with their friends and stuff. So I just, I just really like that, uh, that, that, that opposing sort of view, if you could call it that, but that's the thing I liked. Uh, Paul, did you tell us the thing you liked about this episode? Yeah. The river dance. Oh yeah. The river dance. That's right. Well, let's 
dance on over to the things we didn't like about this episode of Firefly. Uh, let's go to, with Celeste first this time. I don't have anything. No, you had to give us something. Something. I, I, this is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, really? really? This one? <laughs> it's, I love the entire series is one of my favorite series. Yeah. Like, I absolutely yeah. love it. And so mm -hmm. I have a hard time finding something I dislike about it because okay. I'm so nostalgic for it. That's oh, okay. fair. Then in lieu of that, since it, unlike me and Paul, who are going to be on each one of these, tell us which episode is your least favorite of the if series. If you have one. If you have one. That one where that other guy's in the ship? <laughs> Actually, the one where the, the bounty hunter is on yeah. the ship. Yeah. Yes. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that one much either. Yeah. Because they take everybody out of it. Uh-huh. Mm. And it's just Mal. And so while I appreciate the storyline of that episode, yeah. it's not my favorite because part of my favorite thing of the series as a whole is the banter, yeah. the, the sarcasm mm -hmm. and the, the jokes and the, the things that go on. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't have the other people, you don't have the that. Ensemble. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Dale, what's something you didn't like about this? I know I'm very curious about your experience given this is your first time in this universe. Well, um, maybe it's just me trying to understand what's going on. But mm -hmm. when the lady discovers or believes she, she's sitting in front of a, a witch. Oh, yeah. She tells the um, townsfolk and the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the guy that I'm, assumes the uh, big preacher of the house or whatever the he was. The patriarch mm -hmm. of the, the community, yeah. He he starts out like real nice and gentle, and but but yet he's quick to hang her as soon as put her up to stake you know mm -hmm. i guess that that might be one of the ones i didn't like i said it might it may, might just be me not understand what's going on mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. just just that kind of threw me i guess yeah, yeah. i i will I'll, I'll go to the thing i didn't like so much about this episode was <clears throat> that i felt like i mean it's kind of similar to what you were uh what you were saying uh Celeste, that there there was there was this fracturing of the crew. They weren't mm -hmm. like together working together throughout most of it. Um there's still this sort of uh divisiveness between uh, uh Mal and Simon, which for people like Dale that haven't seen much of this show so far, they're very much at odds. But I feel like this episode really is the one that sort of mends them together because he's like, You're on my crew. That's why you're back. That's why we came for you. Um but um, but more so than that, I usually shows like this are very one sided and like showing like, oh, you know, those people that are Christians, they're all fundamentalists and they're crazy. They're just like everyone's a witch. And uh, I would say that was that would be really annoying, except they have the character of book, which is very much a, mm -hmm. a preacher. And uh, we never really learn about his past, which is annoying. But this sort of gives us a glimpse that he has maybe a, a government past of some sort. Um, but I really, uh, I, I don't like that. And I will say, I looked it up. The thing she's quoting, all the, the only part of it that is in the Bible is the part that says, uh, do not suffer a sorceress in most translations, but a witch in, in the King James to, to live. That mm -hmm. is in there. And um, 
I forget which one it was. If it's Leviticus or Exit or um, it's probably Leviticus or do uh, maybe Deuteronomy also. But so that is in there. Exodus twenty two eighteen. Ex okay, it was Exodus. Never mind. But the rest of it was not. It was all that was all just made up whole cloth. So get you need you need book in that community is who you really need. Anyway, I, I will. I've digressed so much. <sighs> uh Paul. Why don't you tell us the thing you didn't like about this episode? I, 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 you, you touched on so many things. It was hard for me to figure out which way you were going because you started off what I thought you were going to say, which was also my worst thing. My tragic mm. maker about this is, is Mal saying, "Oh, well, you're part of the crew. We're not going to leave you behind." Well, then why'd you leave them behind in the first place? It's like because they one. had to get because they had to get Shepard no. alive. Oh, oh yeah, well, well, you found him pretty quickly and easily when you went back to look for him, rather than hey, you know what? Let's circle the planet real quick or something to see nearby, rather than going all the way back from the previous episode for those I people mean, that didn't watch to that's... see. Yeah. And then he comes back. Oh, just in the nick of time. That's convenient. You know, uh, I mean, I will say we don't know necessarily may. I will say this. Maybe the time to get up to the the ship, the lion ship and have shepherd book healed went really quick. And then they did have a lot of time where they're looking for. It wasn't edited that way. No, it wasn't. So I don't, yeah, I don't. That's a very fair point, Paul. <laughs> Didn't make any sense to me. All right. All right. That's fair. But would it make sense to continue watching this this series based on this episode? Let's go around and say whether or not we like to. Um, before you do that, please uh, tell us which character you connected with the most or you liked the most in this episode. Uh, let's start with Celeste again. My favorite character in the whole series is Mal. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. He's he's very blunt, very sarcastic, and a lot of times I'm like, yes, that's absolutely what should happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we should aim to misbehave. Oh my gosh! Wow. I mean, against oppression. So. Fair point. Fair point. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> that's a discussion for another day. Or maybe in the spiritual speculation. Uh, and would you continue watching this based on this episode, uh, Celeste? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Dale, how about you? Who was your favorite character if you had one? and uh, Or who did you connect with the most? Well, and maybe being that he, they were the focus of the episode, I would say the brother. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or, S- uh, Simon? Simon, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I connected with him more of his... Like I said, he was the focal point of the most of the yeah, episode, totally. and mm-hmm. and when the woman that they were sheltered with, they called out the sister as the witch. Um, he's trying to. Um, he's trying to I protect connect, her. I, I, I connected with the brother. Yeah. To, I have a sister, and I can oh, okay. I can sort of relate. Trying to help, I remember helping my sister out a lot. Yeah. With yeah. things, you know, trying to understand things, and so mm-hmm. in some ways, I kind of kind of connected with him at that level absolutely yeah so based on watching just this episode though would you want to continue the series or maybe start from the beginning or are you like well i had to start eh. from the beginning to see where what's so i can see what's going on uh-huh. order. exactly just, and um apparently so, celeste and dallas have it so borrow it from that <laughs> well I, I i watched it on tubi 
Oh, like okay, cool. So nice. I got that. So, uh, but it's just, it's just, I remember when it was advertised on Fox. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder if the way everybody talks about it, if it would have excelled if it went syndication. Yeah, I think Instead so. Of, okay, Fox yeah. didn't want it anymore. Would it, yeah. If it went syndication, you had, you had all these Andromeda and Babylon 5 going. Right. Would it, mm-hmm. would it or if sci-fi would have picked it up, I mean, we're, yeah, I think if sci-fi mean? had picked it up, that would, it could have gone a lot further, but I definitely think it, it, that you're right. It could have, because the biggest issue was that it wasn't that the people weren't fans. It was that the people that were the test, like the Audience. judge yeah. mm-hmm. audience of the ones they were basing off of whether to keep it or not were mm-hmm. very confused. And that was also partially because they aired it out of order. Yep. Right. And they so. kept switching the day it aired on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it made it a hard, hard <clears throat> for anybody to actually like keep track of it. Exactly. It's, and it's, it's very serialized. Well, uh, actually, no, it's, a, I think it runs a good, a good line of being unserialized and episodic, but on the whole, it's serialized for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Paul, mm-hmm. would Cereal. you, oh my gosh, who is the character you connected with the most and would you keep watching? If you didn't have to. The person that I connected to with most this time for me was Kaylee. Um, mm, yeah. Especially in the shop where yeah. she liked the plate and then she wanted to give it to Simon. And Simon just like completely trashed the plate without yeah. knowing that yeah. she wanted to give it to him. Mm-hmm. If if I have like or in the past, if I've had a crush on someone and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'd like to give them this. And then they trash talk it. I would be of the mind like, oh, okay, like, uh, like whatever. This person's awesome, so sure, that's fine. But <laughs> I, I really appreciate her wherewithal to to reason out that says, oh, if you don't like this, then you must not like the, you know, this lifestyle and the, mm-hmm. and the people, you know, like basically like me. And she yeah. basically took it, analyzed it with clarity, and mm-hmm. and tried to move on. And that is very inspiring is that the right word but for me it's like you know i i wish i could be that uh integritous what's the right word um true to being integrated like be that be have integrity that type of right but i'm not sure that's the word you're looking for right but anyway but wherewithal or uh Strength that, of mind. Would yeah, be strength of that mind. strength of mind that she had at that moment was inspiring to me the most mm-hmm. of this episode. So that's my favorite person for this episode. Awesome. And would you keep watching? I'm on the fence. Based on this episode, I may not. It's mm-hmm. one of the 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 ones that I don't like as much. Maybe yeah. maybe because I found it it didn't make sense some of it, like why they were mm-hmm. leaving and why they came back for them and. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, oh yeah, these people need a doctor. Just like there was another episode, like, oh, these people need medicine. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's kind of I understand that. It's just I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't fun to watch. Like yeah. them, them accusing River of being a witch and such. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that wasn't. I I agree. Uh, for me. I actually really liked um, uh, Zoe in this episode. I really appreciated how she was telling like uh, 
Shepard book when he's like really on death's door. Um, like he's like, where's the doctor? He's like, we don't call him for the big stuff. It's like just doing just some really good, really good dialogue of not like lying to him, but also yeah. not like trying to keep his spirits up. And also yeah. how he, uh, I really love her, uh, a line with her back and forth with Mel when they do find the, the Simon river is like, he's like, what does that make us? Big D heroes. Ain't we just, I just, I love that. It's, I like a lot of her dialogue throughout this. It's it's just, I don't know. I I feel like she's such a good, a good sort of, um, uh, what would you call it? Someone who's just very, very, uh, not quite stoic, but very Dependent. solid compared mm-hmm. to Mal can be a bit, I mean, he's he could be a bit crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think he, certainly after the war, he's much more subdued, but... Um, he, she, he's a lot more risk, risk taking, whereas she's risk averse. And I think they just play off steady. Yes. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah. She's more steady. Um, and I just really like how they play off each other. Uh, but so Wash comes up to her and says, Hey, you want to go steady? She says, I already am. Oh my God. (laughs) But I do like, that's another relationship I like in this series, but Similar to you, Paul, I don't know if I'd keep watching. I much more prefer the we have a job and where we have to go through some danger to to do yeah. the job. I like those stories a lot more than yeah. this one, which is a bit more about the interpersal connections. Yeah, um, which I, I like tend the, to us- I usually like that, but this well, I, maybe I like it's when it's peppered it among the 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 high stakes heist or whatever. Yeah. I don't, but all right, well, guys, awesome. Then I guess. Uh, we would say overall go watch this continued, but um, hopefully we'll catch you uh, the next time we cover another episode of Firefly. I think the next episode is, I think, Janestown, which is finally You've been saying that for three episodes now. Uh, well, yeah, but I think the next one really is. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and finally, Paul will know why the intro is the way the intro is. <laughs> the next episode is called. Our Mrs. Reynolds. Dang it. <laughs> All right, oh. Janestown, after that? Maybe. You have <laughs> to stick around and find out. episode. Exactly. All right. Well, until next time, keep flying. Good night. Don't let the space bugs fight. <laughs> <laughs>